to the greater community. This show exists to highlight ministries that are happening in creative ways, both locally and globally. And today I'm super excited to have Katie and Meg with us. And they are the proud parents of a brand new ministry. And so Katie and Meg, why don't you introduce yourselves and tell us about the new awesome thing that you're doing. Well, I'm Meg. This is Katie. <laughs> She's this way on my screen. I don't know where she is on yours. Um, and we um, are the proud parents, apparently, of a new ministry called Joy KC. Um, we are a faith-based nonprofit that hosts regular programs for youth ages 15 and up and adults with disabilities in the greater Kansas City area. And I'm Katie Howard, and um, I have known Meg for several years. Um, we used to be roommates. And so I kind of jumped in with Meg um, once I moved to Kansas City, and then she um, asked me to kind of be a part of Joy KC, and um, I also am a third grade teacher in um, the Shawnee Mission School District. Well, guys, tell, tell me how you got um, involved in this ministry. Tell me back, take me back right to the beginning of like, what initially stirred your hearts to be um, just doing ministry to this population. Yeah, I think for me, my older sister, Kate, has severe autism. And so really from a very young age was really, um, yeah, kind of born into the disability community and really um, had a strong desire and still have that strong desire to really advocate well um, for a community that is so often overlooked and unseen. Um, I think similar to Katie, a lot of my um, professional life has been working with the IDD population. Um, right now, I'm a um, day service coordinator for um, adults with disabilities. And so um, both me and Katie just have um, a strong passion and heart to just serve this community well. And I think that another platform of doing that has really been through the birth of um, our ministry. And so it's really exciting. Yeah. And I got involved in just the special needs community when I was in middle school. Um, I went to a camp called Camp Barnabas where I first started volunteering there and that's where like my heart for this just became really clear and apparent. Um, so that kind of led me into, I always knew I was going to be a teacher, but then that led me kind of into the more um, special education direction, getting my degree in that. And um, since just in college and post-college really seeing a need for disability ministry in the church and um, getting them involved within the church. Um, so then that's kind of branched that passion. And uh, yeah, that's kind of where it all started was mainly in middle school. So Meg, you mentioned that this is kind of a, an overlooked population within the church. Can you talk about just, you know, what those gaps are? Like what is, kind of the, the really specific needs around this community? Like what is the church missing out on um, when they're not giving attention to this population? Yeah, I mean, I think that, um, yeah, I think that honestly, our target population for Joy KC is specifically geared towards transition aged youth um, because um, especially in the school system, so many social opportunities really decline for these individuals once they exit high school. Um, I think that as Katie kind of mentioned, there are a lot of um, different gaps in not knowing how to serve this community. I think that um, as people, I think 
Um, change can be scary. And when we don't have exposure to certain people groups, there can be just barriers. And I think that unfortunately, this world just has a lot of negative stigma around people with disabilities and just a lot of outdated perceptions on what they can do and what they can't do. And so I think that um, our heart is to really um, have Joy KC just as a place where um, people are celebrated for being people, right? It's like, no matter if you have a disability or not, you have a, a you're still a person, right? And you still have the same um, heart and you still have the same spirit and you still have the same desire, um, the basic human need for connection and for friendship. And, you know, and so I think that, um, yeah, I mean, I think that in part, that's really um, where the, I think the church is kind of missing because I think um, when we don't have exposure to people groups, sometimes I think that there's a fear there. Um, yeah, and I just think of like, like before, because basically before I went to Camp Barnabas as a middle schooler, I had zero exposure to anyone with a disability or a special need. And um, I remember going to camp and initially feeling really uncomfortable because I was like, I've never been around you know, um, this type of population, I don't know how to interact, I don't know how to treat them, you know, all the things. And just like Meg was saying, like, it was just abundantly clear, you know, it was like, God was like, just, just treat them like how you would any other person and interact with them and talk with them. And, and so I think like, since I and I know, you know, Meg would say the same thing, since I've been a part of just this population in general, um, I have received so much joy. And I that's, you know, part of the meaning behind the name of just this population brings out so much joy in 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 all of us and so i think that is a piece that i always initially think of when i you know if someone hasn't ever interacted with someone with a, with a disability it's like you're you're missing out on this this unique different type of joy that they bring um that's that's just kind of unlike anything else though. So. Yeah, you know, as someone who's been a pastor in a church full-time for over 20 years at this point, I know that a lot of times we do church the way we are comfortable doing church, but can you talk a little bit about um, how are the ways that we kind of normally do church? How are those obstacles for somebody with disabilities? Like what, what is it about the ways that church is commonly done that makes it difficult for somebody with developmental disabilities? Well, I think that the important thing to just always keep in mind is disability is incredibly individualized, right? So no, no two people, even with the exact same diagnosis, experience a disability in the same way the manifestation of disability looks so different for every person. And so what works for one person may not work for the, the other person, you know? And so I think that, um, I think what we've found as we've worked with this population is having lots of platforms for engagement is something that's really important. Um, just in a, a church context, in an education context, in a work context, whatever it is, I think having a lot of different ways to engage and present material is really important, um, is what, what I would say. I think some churches or people, I mean, it's like every church can't do it all, you know? And so it's like, we recognize that not every church is going to have this specialized disability ministry. That's this full blown, you know, you know, with all these resources. And, but I think like what Meg was saying is maybe just having, you know, and this goes with any, any person disability or not, but just kind of having like the flexibility to be like, Hey, okay, this person might need 
this kind of accommodation or this kind of um, resource to help them um, grow in their relationship with the Lord or grow in relationship with other people. So just kind of, kind of um, having like a, just to open, just be on the lookout for what people, you know, might need um, and how can we help serve them in that way? Yeah, no, I love what Katie was saying too, because I think honestly, the best support that we can ever offer to people is individualized and comes from knowing someone, right? It comes from knowing what ticks them off, having a relationship with them, building that rapport and that trust. And so I think that when we're able to really do that effectively is when we're able to then serve the most effectively because then we're able to understand that person and the way that they learn and the way that they, um, you know, come alive with certain activities. So that was just my, my side note there. We love relationships. So. <laughs> well, and I, as you're talking, you know, it, it, it occurs to me that the, the idea of being kind of, realize it's, it's hard to be clued into everybody's individual needs and perspectives, but it seems like that is kind of a worthy goal for the church in general to not treat, to treat people as individuals and try to get to know people's stories rather than just trying to do a one size fits all ministry in the church anyway. So it seems like maybe that's something that a ministry like Joy KC could teach the church as a whole is just a greater sensitivity to trying to meet individuals where they're at and walk with them in a way that, you know, fits, fits them rather than always trying to say, come to us and fit our mold, um, which is, I think typically is how churches sort of by necessity have to function, but also seems like that individual attention is something that churches that do that well, where people feel like they're known and they're understood is something that benefits the body of Christ as a whole anyway, I would think. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's, you know, it's discipleship, you know, like what you're saying, and it might look a little bit different based on who's saying in front of you, but I do think it is that one-on-one -on -one connection. And I also, you know, as you were talking, Tom, I just kept thinking about the value of collaboration. Right? I think that there are certain men and women that we serve that may not be able to advocate for themselves or maybe do have communication limitations. And so I think then being able to really support and partner and collaborate with their family or their caregiver or people that know them best so that we can then kind of bridge the gap between us and them um, is also a really important thing. I think that we just have to be doing to best serve this community. Katie, you mentioned something earlier on about kind of your initial interactions. And I think what you described is probably pretty accurate for a lot of folks that sometimes people's initial interaction with individuals with disability is intimidation because you're really just uncomfortable. You're not really, sh you're not really sure what to do. And so kind of what advice would you give to individuals who, you know, not just for like the church programmatically, but just for people in general, as they encounter individuals with disabilities, like what advice would you give them to kind of break through some of those some of the awkwardness, some of the uncomfortableness to be able to be a more loving people to people with disabilities. How, like what, what have you learned that you would want to pass on to somebody who's facing that kind of insecurity or anxiety? Um, no, I think that's a great question. Um, because a lot of like my close friends and family members who have been a part of other ministries that I've been a part of have asked me like, okay, well, Katie, like what, do you have any tips? Do you have any advice or whatever? And I just am always like, just 
just treat them like you would anyone else, which is kind of like this broad, okay, well, what does that mean statement? But it really just does mean talk to them like you would talk to someone else you're meeting at a coffee shop or whatever. And I think, you know, part of the fears that people have is you start to notice that person's differences or what they can't do. So I know in particular for me, I remember being at Camp Barnabas and, you know, it was kind of like my first exposure and I was around some campers who were nonverbal, so who couldn't communicate um, like I could. And so then I was fearful. I was like, okay, well, do I ask them questions? Do I talk to them? You know, they can't like respond back to me verbally. And I remember um, a staff member was like, yes, like still talk to them, like ask them questions. Like, and you know, they might not respond in a, in a verbal way, but a lot of the times, you know, it's like, they just want to feel and be acknowledged just like anyone else is. So I always just tell people just, you know, treat them like you would anyone else and their response might be different um, or their needs might be different, but you know, like you can still be more comfortable just kind of taking those barriers away and being like, okay, it's just another person, you know, and, and um, kind of get to know them and what makes them them. And then the more, I mean, the more you spend time with that person or with this population, you become so much more comfortable. So, Meg, is that, you kind of mentioned something earlier, the population that's not seen, is that what you mean by actually of being seen, of, of, of actually seeing the population? Is that kind of what you're talking about? Yeah, I mean, I think that the disability community is one that is often marginalized, is often one that, um, you know, people overlook. And so I think that really our heart for Joy KC is to create a space where people are seen and are celebrated and are given opportunity for meaningful engagement, are given, um, you know, authentic relationship. I think that, um, yeah, just working in this population and having a sister with a disability, I think that I've just, um, yeah, just I think my heart really breaks for the desire for dignity for these individuals and for, um, you know, for their opportunity to meaningfully engage in as, you know, citizens, you know, but yes, I definitely think that um, these guys are the future kings and queens of heaven, you know, and I think that um, our unique role on earth is to be able to really best support them in their differences and celebrate um, who they are and diversity, so. Yeah, and I, and I guess I never thought of ministry to individuals with disabilities as like a justice ministry, but in a way, it really is a justice ministry because I think a lot of times when people even want to volunteer, they think of like a top down, you know, like this is me and this is the person with disability. I'm going to minister to them. But I, I feel like the more people that I talk to that have experience in this kind of ministry, they, it's kind of like you guys are talking about the joy there is a mutual benefit that happens when you're involved in a ministry like this. Yeah. I've, I've always said that I personally, and this is, I remember saying this as soon as I got home from Camp Barnabas when I was, you know, um, young, but I remember saying like, I have never felt closer to the Lord than when I, when I'm with this population. And I know that's not, you know, that's different for everyone, but I feel like that they teach me so much that I am the one receiving all this joy um, just by getting to know them. And I mean, Christ really does like shine through them. So um, I think, yeah, you're, you're totally right. Can you talk a little bit about that, about how working with this ministry has been part of your personal discipleship journey? Kind of how yeah. you feel like you've grown and what you have learned is 
Because I think that's something, again, when people want to go be a part of a ministry like this, it's more like, well, it's a sacrificial thing. I'm going to go and do this really significant ministry as like an act of self-sacrifice. But, but the way you, you both talk about it, it seems like it's been a big part of your personal formation. So talk a little bit about kind of the benefits that you and the things that you've learned as a result of being a part of this ministry. Yeah, I know for me personally, I've learned just more about who God is, like his character and you know, he doesn't make mistakes. And so when he created people, no matter what they look like or what their abilities are, it's not by mistake. Like it is, um, you know, he has a purpose for everyone. And I think that's been huge. I think um, thinking of, you know, each person that we meet, um, no matter what they look like or what they can or can't do as like an image bearer of God, you know, like this person represents who God is and, and, and carries a part of, of Christ's image. Um, so I just feel like they, like God's used them to teach me a lot about who he is more and then just more about um, like my sin and my selfishness and, and just kind of breaking parts of of, you know, when I first was around this population, I was like, oh my gosh, like it just revealed a lot of sin in myself. Um, and then just a lot of like blessings that have come out of just really being in relationship with um, people with disabilities. That's good, Katie. Oh, I love that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think that I have learned so much, so much from my sister, from um, people that we get to serve in our Joy Casey family. Um, yeah, I mean, I've just, I've learned so much from people with disabilities. Um, and I just, I think I just feel super thankful. I have such genuine friendship and connection with these individuals. They make me laugh. They make me think. I think that there is such a testimony of God through the stories that they share. Um, and it's just, it truly is a humbling thing. Like it is a humbling thing that I get to do this. And I think that that is often what I think is like, this isn't what I have to do. Like I get to do this and it is so incredibly humbling to partner with the Holy Spirit and to say yes and to get to draw heaven closer through um, gatherings like we are going to have at Joy KC. I just think it's a really um, profound, beautiful thing. Beautiful was it was a word that comes to mind of just this beautiful kind of dance of community and formation. And it seems like, man, churches that aren't involved in this kind of ministry are, are really missing out on the kingdom of God and its fullness. Um, mm -hmm. There's a there's a there's a missing piece that that you're really adding with this ministry. Can you talk a little bit then about, we haven't got to, to talk a lot about the specifics of what you're doing with Joy Casey. So, so talk about how you're being intentional with this vision of Joy Casey um, to meet the needs, but also to kind of develop this community. So yeah, talk a little bit about kind of where did this idea come from and what does it look like? How does it work? Um, yeah. Paint the picture for us. Katie and I both worked with a ministry called Champions for the last four years where we hosted really similar respite nights to what we'll be doing at Joy KC. 
um, champions kind of recently went through a visionary and leadership change and they actually relocated to Arkansas, um, which kind of put me and Katie in a position of, okay, well, what is our response, right? Because we no longer can host um, these regular programs under the umbrella of this ministry that we've been working for, for four plus years, you know? Um, and so I think that, you know, through our prayer, through our pro process through um, just covering in community. I think it was super clear that Jesus had a green light on it. And so um, it's just been a really exciting, beautiful process of really forming our ministry. Um, honestly, um, I remember having a conversation with Jesus of like, Lord, like I am willing to fight for anything, but like, can you make this really clear that this is what's on your heart by making this a really seamless process as we transition to Joy Casey from Champions? And honestly, like it has been, it's just blown me away how seamless this has been um, and how right it has felt. We have just had so many yeses and so many um, people in our lives wanting to support and partner with us, including Community Covenant Church, which we're super, super thankful for. Um, so really the expression of Joy KC um, was really established through a different ministry that we kind of get to be an extension of um, as Joy KC in Kansas City. So tell us what, if we were to, it's, it's Monday nights, correct? Starting in January. So tell us if we were to stop by on a Monday night, what will we see? As long as once, you know, COVID goes away, um, you would see a lot of people together. Um, and there would be, um, there's volunteers and there are um, individuals with, with disabilities. And we, a lot of times we kind of run our events based off of themes. So, you know, one event, you know, in February might be a sweetheart dance. There might be another event, a talent show, or we've just had lots of um, kind of party event themes. So there will be a theme um, and you'll see a lot of people um, just in, in kind of stations. A lot of times we do stations with like an activity, a craft. Um, we do like a, a short time of worship and a message and play a lot of games. Um, it's really chill. It's really fun. It's just kind of like a camp party in a sense. So yeah, and I just think something else um, to note, um, Katie kind of mentioned volunteers. And so really, we utilize a buddy system at Joy KC where we are pairing an individual with a disability with a volunteer. Um, and really, like our heart behind that isn't for people to be babysat or watched, but to really promote that um, relationship piece. Um, you know, there might be some individuals that might have some additional support needs that they might need assistance in, um, but primarily that person is really there to help the individual engage as maximally as they want with the activities that we have and to just totally have a blast. Um, and kind of like Katie mentioned, all of our events are free to the community. And so we're really excited to really begin to partner with schools and community providers to really, um, you know, advertise this event for community members because we really think that it um, could be something significant in someone's month that they could look forward to. And you talked about kind of youth and young adults. Can you talk about kind of the specific segment of the population that you're targeting with this program? Yeah, so for, um, we're kind of targeting ages 15 and up um, for multiple reasons. Meg kind of touched on this earlier, but there's a lot of resources for 
kids with disabilities within a school, like the school systems provide that, a lot of community, um, there's a lot of community resources, but then there's not a lot of resources once kids, especially individuals hit 18 and older. Um, and so we, you know, are going to welcome anyone, but our target um, population is really to best serve those individuals who are, um, you know, in their teens to adults. And then as far as volunteers, we really, because the relationship piece is so important to us, we really want more um, of like a peer aspect. So we would love, you know, we love when volunteers come who are also in that age range as well, um, just so that uh, we can pair people up, um, you know, that just have more in common, you know, at life stage, it's more and more in common, so. Yeah, and so how often is this happening? If there's somebody who's out there that's thinking about maybe being a part of this ministry, how often, when does it happen? Talk a little bit about that. Um, yeah, so we are hosting our event once a month on the first Monday of every month from 6.30 to 8.30, we do ask volunteers um, to come at six. And again, all of this is after COVID, I guess. Right. Um, Katie is our volunteer coordinator and does a fantastic job of just really equipping volunteers and debriefing volunteers and just getting them ready to be successful in their roles. Um, we also offer um, twice a year just a volunteer training, um, and this is available to, you know, we're really targeting people that might want to volunteer with JoyKC, but also people that maybe want to learn more about disability in general um, to really, you know, bridge that gap and to hopefully break down some barriers and some fear there um, because we really want people to be successful and comfortable and just to um, have fun at our events, so. So you mentioned before kind of activities and stations. Can you describe the environment? I know that, you know, we had, we hosted champions, I think a couple summers ago at our church and I got a little bit of a the flavor of it, but describe the atmosphere of one of these nights. What do you envision it feeling like if somebody, you know, walks in to that space, what is it like? I feel like people can expect a lot of um, energy, like very high energy, very, um, fun, engaging, like, you know, kind of like we mentioned, there's a lot of games and activities going on. So it's kind of a, a, um, a structured chaos in a way, because there's, there's a structure to every night, but it's, it's just, you know, everyone's so excited to be there. And, um, you know, a lot of times since we do these once a month and volunteers and, um, individuals with disabilities really start to get to know each other and so everyone's excited to see each other and there's just a lot of excitement um and a lot of noise but it's really really fun and you yeah we always about... have music at our events they're they're very loud they're very fun so i always leave like with sore calves because i'm just like jumping the entire time so <laughs> yeah maybe that that's a good just a good segue for me what um what do you hope that um, the individuals who this is targeted for that they walk away. What experience do you hope that they've had when they when they leave that event after each month? Honestly, I think that um, a lot of adults with disabilities um, spend the majority of their time with people who are paid to be there. Mm. And so I think my real heart is 
for them to have a genuine connection and friendship with someone that isn't paid to be there. Not someone that, um, you know, another person that they have in their social capital that they know and that is in their corner and that they um, feel seen by and that they could maybe look forward to seeing the next month. Um, I think that feeling seen is something that me and Katie really, really want um, people to feel seen and welcome at our events. And so um, I think that there's obviously the relationship piece. And then I also think, you know, um, we're obviously there to have fun, but I also really want to equip people and things that are true. You know, I want to give exposure to who Jesus is. I want people to walk away um, maybe with scripture in their head or a song in their head and just a greater understanding of who he is because that's so what what we why we're doing what we want what we're doing you know that was a terrible sentence why we're doing what we want to do whatever um so yeah i mean i think that you know there's the, the relationship piece of it but also like we really want to equip people in joy and in truth and so um that's really my heart for it what is uh this might be a um the wrong way to ask this question but what would you say is the ideal volunteer like what would you if you had a dream a dream team of these kinds of individuals who who do you really hope will say yes to being a part of this this community and, and be a volunteer what what qualities do you want to see in somebody who's going to come be a part of this ministry um i feel like the biggest quality that makes a volunteer just totally stand out and awesome isn't like their age or gender or whatever it's really just a a genuine um like effort in trying to you know, get to know their, their buddy or their, um, you know, team of people who's around them and, you know, engaging. So I think just someone who is engaging with the, their, um, you know, buddy in, in a very, you know, and, and a lot of volunteers who come, it can be their first exposure or they're uncomfortable, but volunteers just always stand out when it's like, oh my gosh, they did such a great job, you know, talking with, um, with their buddy and engaging with them and serving them. So kind of just that, that quality of, um, kind of being, being open to being uncomfortable and, um, engaging in it. Yeah. It reminds me a lot. So I did youth ministry for 17 years and I know I, I always did a lot of recruiting of volunteers and stuff. And, you know, there was always kind of this, this idea that people had of, well, I can only be a youth leader if I'm like in my 20s and I have tons of energy and I'm really cool. And and so, and I, I always say like, really what is most important is if you can care, you know, if you can care for students and show interest in their lives, that's way more important than being cool or knowing, you know, what their favorite bands are or their favorite music is or what all the pop culture stuff. It was more about just, people with a big heart that would be consistently a part of things, you know, that you could count on that would just be, you know, you wouldn't have to tell them, okay, go do this or go do that. Cause they would just naturally just want to be alongside, you know, students. So it sounds very similar. And I think like Katie was saying, it's so not about experience, although that often is something that could help someone be a really good volunteer, but it really is the, a person that's willing to just dive in and go for it and show up and um, be brave when you know they might feel uncomfortable. I think you're totally you nailed on the head, Tom. Of that's totally 
um, who we're really hoping joins our, our Joy Casey family. So. so you are currently in the process of, of recruiting volunteers or where are you at on kind of your volunteer base going into your launch? Yeah, so um, we have had several. So like Meg said, we are kind of a branch out, like our ministry kind of started from um, champions when they changed directions. So we're getting several volunteers who have already been a part of these events. So we have some like former volunteers. We've also since launching Joy KC have been just doing some social media advertisement and had like a small you know, meet and greet fundraiser. And so we have had a lot of um, several people come up to us and say they want to get involved in some way. So we we definitely have a base of some volunteers who want to either continue to get involved or start to get involved, but are always wanting and eager to have more. Um, we really, you know, we really want every individual who comes um, with a disability to have a a you know a buddy that is you know like them or or just you know excited to to hang out with them so um our like first volunteer training is on um is coming up december 7th and it will be virtual and um like meg said uh i will be the one like training them and sending you know information via emails out to them um and right now it, it will look different just because of covid but um we are super excited to continue to get to know volunteers and equip them and best that we can. And I think too, like Katie's saying, the more volunteers that we have, ultimately like the more individuals that we can serve. I think that there's such a, a ripple effect to our ministry and really what we're doing. Um, not only are we trying to serve individuals with disabilities, but also this is kind of a family ministry, right? Because if a parent has a safe place to drop off their kid for two hours once a month, then that's an awesome way for them to recoup and have a date night or whatever. And so I think that the more volunteers that we have, the more families actually get to get served as well so and you both mentioned you know COVID is a reality that's impacted a lot of a lot of ministry how do you foresee COVID impacting I know you're you had kind of pointed towards a, a January launch what is it looking like as you know we're recording Thanksgiving week of 2020 so what's it looking like what what's your short-term outlook like right now yeah i mean it's definitely not the way that we envisioned <laughs> launching this um but we are going to be doing events virtually um starting january um you know i think we might do that for a while you know it really depends on the state regulations at that time, how COVID is during that time. Um, but I think that we really want to launch regardless in January, no matter what the platform, because we really, you know, there have been individuals for the last four years that have really grown to count on um, us and these regular gatherings. And so we really want to create a space um, that continues that, even though it's going to look a little bit different. Um, obviously, we're really excited to meet in person and really want to do that in person. But um, you know, we might have a we might be a little bit delayed there. So, <laughs> because your your population is kind of would be in that at risk category, correct? Yeah, yeah. So you really want to protect the health of your of your folks as much as you want to get started and get rolling. You want to do it in a way that's gonna 
you want to start well, I guess I would say. Right. So as you're building steam and you're moving towards your launch, um, how can people come alongside um, your ministry right now? Like how can people support what you're doing? Um, and we talked about volunteering, but are there other ways beyond volunteering that people can be a part of this ministry and support what you're doing? One very clear way is just to pray for, for the individuals coming. Um, pray just that, you know, Meg and I would, especially just in this season of COVID and all the unknowns, just to be able to serve this population well. Um, so just prayer for individuals who come, volunteers, that we would um, have, you know, be sustained and have, have enough volunteers every, every event, which um, we always have, you know, just enough. Like, um, so prayer is a big one, volunteering and um, giving is another way too. It's just, um, we don't have a large budget, but we do have needs of just in terms of providing resources and the crafts that we do and those types of things at our events to make them really fun. Um, so those are the three things I can think of. Meg, do you have anything else? No, those are the three that I thought of too. I think that prayer is definitely a big one, like Katie was saying. I think that um, we really want to navigate this time through COVID well. We want to not only sustain our little Joy Casey family, but we also really want to grow. Um, and so we need Jesus and um, his guidance and direction to really do that well. Um, and yeah, I think just on a practical note, there are um, financial needs to really um, continue to make this a free program for individuals um, in our community. Um, and so yeah, giving, um, we have a website, www.joykc.org, and there are um, options for giving on there. And is there a way, if they want to contact you to ask more about just the ministry or volunteering, is there, is there a way for people to get a hold of you, you too? Yeah, so on our website, we both have contact information listed and also our website just shares more about our story um, and, you know, more about who we are and what we're wanting to do. And so I recommend checking it out. Awesome. <laughs> awesome. Our emails are on there, but they're really simple. It's just my name, Katie at joykc.org and same for Meg. You know, as you have kind of painted the picture in lots of different ways of the the need for this ministry and the importance of what you're doing. Um, if there was somebody listening today that maybe they'd never thought about themselves being involved in ministry of individuals with disabilities, or maybe they were kind of like, oh, I'm just interested in listening to this, you know, because it's part of a series, but now their hearts are captured. Like, what would you say to somebody who was like strongly considering or maybe even casually considering being a part of this? Like what would, what would you want to say to to prospective members of your Joy KC community? Yeah, I think, you know, we would say go for it. I mean, get get involved, reach out to us. I think the beauty of Joy KC is that we do it all together. I mean, all of our events are in a in a group. And so there's never um, like you're never alone. Um, and, you know, Megan and I are always there and it's just a it's um, yeah, it's just, you just kind of got to jump in with two feet and then I feel like you'll, um, people will want to come back. 
So yeah, I think like Katie's saying, we try to really make it a safe environment, right? So for our individuals that come, for our volunteers, we really want to make it a safe place for people to be, to people to, for people to learn, um, for people to be together. Um, but you know, I would just say, you know, if if your heart is being stirred, then that's Jesus speaking to you, and you should go for it. And I think that Jesus um, often likes putting us in places that we might not always feel comfortable in, or we might not always feel the most secure, but um, he's with us there. You know, he holds our hand through things that feel uncertain and unpredictable. And so, um, yeah, go for it. If you're feeling stirred, we'd love to have you. <laughs> And then just lastly is, is you, let's say we're sitting down again a year from now, we're getting to the end of 2021. What do you hope that will have, God will have done through Joy KC over the course of this year coming up? Like, what do you hope happens through what you're doing? I really hope that um, we'll be able to have events in person. <laughs> That's the first thing I thought of. Um, and then, you know, Tom, I really, really, I have a really strong desire to partner with group homes. Um, I work for a community service provider and I'm in contact and collaboration with a lot of different community service providers um, in the area. And I really want um, men and women who live in residential um, situations to benefit from um, Joy Casey. That is really my heart to um, partner with community service providers um, to just grow our Joy Casey family. So that's really, those are things I really want. What about you, Katie? Yeah, I mean, I would say I definitely second the being in person. <laughs> and then just growth. I mean, growth in the volunteer aspect, growth um, for our participants who come, but, and growth in terms of um, like the church, you know, being a part of it. Like there's members from the church body coming and, uh, you know, building those relationships every month. So. Well, thanks so much for taking the time to come and have a conversation today. It, to me, takes a ton of courage to, I think when I first sat down with, with you, you know, way back early at the beginning of this year, you said, we want to create a 501c3, you know, so to have that kind of vision and passion to say, we're going to kind of start something brand new and we're going to be the ones that, that do it. And just the, the effort and, you know, you know, we've all, it, all of us in ministry have had to pivot in 2020 as we've kind of had to grapple with all the changes with, with the coronavirus, but to see your determination to serve a community that, you know, the church has overlooked is, is huge. And so I just want to say that, you know, we are excited to have the privilege to be able to host your in-person gatherings. Whenever that does occur, we're, we're very thankful that you um, have been a partnering with us in this and, and we're excited to see how God works. And so uh, for all of you who've been watching and listening, we want to thank you also as well um, for joining us. We do want to encourage you to subscribe to this channel, whether it's a podcast or whether you're watching on YouTube, subscribe so you can catch up on all the great ministries happening, just like what um, Meg and Katie are doing through Joy KC. God is doing a lot of great work. So um, we'll see you next time as we continue to learn what God is doing both locally and globally through his greater community. We'll see you next time. Thank you.